It is uh, my great, great privilege to, um, to do some teaching this morning. But uh, before I do that, I'd love to pray for our urbanauts who are uh, heading out next door to um, have the time of their lives. So, Father, thank you so, so much for these beautiful children. Lord, they're such a delight to us. And, Lord, I thank you that they are an utter delight to you. I thank you for, Lord, that constantly you just remind us that unless we, enter, unless we accept the kingdom like little children, uh, we, we can't even get in. And so we pray today that for them and for their teachers, we pray that there be deep peace in that room, that your presence would be heavy, and Lord, that you would touch our children in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, we've been, um, we've been meandering, and meandering would be the right word, I'm sure, but we've been meandering our way through this series uh, on the, um, called uh, We Believe. And um, and, and we're going through the, the Apostles' Creed, which is the earliest, um, the earliest creed that the Christian church had. And uh, we're, kind of, we're, we're dipping in and we're dipping out, but we'll get to the end eventually. There's, there's still plenty of clauses to, uh, to take a look at. And, uh, but what I'd love for us to do today is to, because um, we probably haven't done this for a while, is shall we, uh, shall we stand and read this together? <clears throat> and I'll, I'll try and set a good pace. So, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Yeeha. Or something like that. <laughs> Stay <cast it. clears throat> I mean, these, these creeds were written so that, so that it was kind of like a catechism. It was, it was saying, this is the most important thing. You know, we, we can be kind of peculiar about all sorts of things, but let's never be peculiar about these things. Um, and today, I'm, uh, I'm going to take us into that, uh, the, the kind of the third section about the, uh, about the Holy Spirit. I believe in the Holy Spirit. And, you know, it seems somewhat redundant that... Um, to confess together that we believe in the Holy Spirit. You know, it, it was he who softened our heart and, and led us to repentance. He led us to Jesus to begin our relationship with God. It's, it's him who continually draws us to God. And, and yet, sadly, Christians have held quite divergent views on the Holy Spirit uh, over the course of the ages. And, uh, and, and also around what he's currently doing right now in this creation. <laughs> I, I remember I... Um, I was raised, uh, raised as a Presbyterian, I, uh, and, and I'm very grateful for my Presbyterian heritage. Um, but, but my faith was, was very tenuous. I kind of knew, knew a few things, but my, my heart hadn't been converted. And it wasn't until I was uh, my third year at university, and um, I heard the, it felt like I heard the gospel for the very first time. It was like all of a sudden it just made sense. It's like, duh, 
I need to be in. I, this, is, this is the smartest way to live your life. It's, it's the right way to live your life. And, and, but, but it was interesting, my beginnings, because I, I was w- warned really early in my faith journey, uh, don't be too Holy Spirit orientated, you'll get weird. You know, you, you, you kind of get crazy. You know, and again, you know, look at the pattern of prayer. You don't pray to the Holy Spirit, you, you, you pray to the Father through the name of Jesus. And it's, you know, if, if, if there's any attention given to the Holy Spirit, he's, it's like he's shine. He'll just quickly turn it to Jesus, he'll turn it to the Father. And... Um, and, and uh, I mean, even it's it's kind of interesting. My um, uh, as a, as I read the scriptures, within a few months, I kind of read about this thing of being baptized in the Holy Spirit, and um, and I was I, I was I, I'd I'd seen this happen because the place where I where I'd made my commitment to follow Jesus, I was surrounded by people who who thought Jesus was just as real as the person standing beside them. And, and also, there was, there was people speaking in other languages, and it was, like, it was just intriguing to me, the whole thing. And um, so, I, so I, wanted, I wanted this thing. I read about it in the scriptures about God baptizing people in the Holy Spirit and giving them a gift of a new, a new prayer language, and it was, it was amazing. And, and um, I, I, I asked and asked, and, and then um, one day I was kneeling. I, I'd, I'd, um, I'd spent far too much time surfing, and so I ended up living back at home because I'd, I'd blown my money. And um, so I was praying in the, in the floor of the garage in my, in my parents' basement garage and just saying, Holy Spirit, please baptize me. Please fill me. You know, I, I, I want what everyone else has got. I, I, want, I want what they've got. I want that deep reality of the Holy Spirit. And I began to speak. Um, not, not the first time I prayed, but, but it was after, after just praying and praying, I found myself suddenly just going, I'm just going to worship him. And, and I started worshiping him with English words, and then all of a sudden I found these, these, this other language beginning to tumble out of my mouth. And it, it was, you know, to me it was kind of a, it was like, all right, I, I think I might have stumbled into something here. This is, this is pretty darn good. I didn't want to stop in case it never happened again. Um, but, it was, but it was such a beautiful, beautiful thing. But the interesting thing was that I was that, that part of my discipleship that was happening with a group at university was I, I was with people who said, the trouble is, the, you know, the Holy Spirit doesn't do any of that today. You know, he doesn't give gifts to people. He, he you know, he's, he's the one who draws people to Christ and, and his work is done. Uh, and I was like, I'm not sure because I'm pretty sure what you said isn't happening, I've experienced. Uh, in fact, I, I was probably doing it as I was walking into this room here. Uh, and and it, was, it was kind of a strange thing to kind of go, I wonder why. This 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 person of the Holy Spirit is, seems so troublesome to the church, you know. And, and I know there's all sorts of extremes, and I know there's all sorts of crazy stuff. But one thing to me seems really clear: that each of the three persons of the Godhead invite us into relationship. They're they're not they're not shy. They're not they're not retiring. They 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 love for us to get to know them. And it was a very helpful thing for me to realize I could have relationship with all three persons of the Godhead. Now, as Christians, we believe in a triune God. You know, it's 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 not one God with three personalities. It's it's not three gods, but it's but it's one God, in three persons. And it's and it's an incredible privilege for us to get to know each of those persons, each of the the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Uh, and, and again, you know, this most of the heresies of the church are either about the humanity or the divinity of Jesus, 
or about the nature of the Trinity. You know, modalism says that, that uh, and, and this has been a really early history and it's still a, a heresy and it's still a, a common heresy, that, that God, he, he kind of shapeshifts. He can, he can turn up as the Father, he can turn up as the Son, or he can turn up as the Holy Spirit. Kind of depends on how he's feeling that day and, and what our needs might be. And, and that's, that's a heresy called modalism. And there's, a, there's a, a, another, you know, there's all sorts of heresies that, that, Jesus, that Jesus was just a person, and, and, but he was such a good person that God kind of called him a son. Yeah, it's Arianism, and, and there's all sorts of these different heresies, but, but a lot of them are around the person of the Holy Spirit. It's, it's like, who is this one? Now, there's a, there's a number of kind of images that, that uh, help us try and figure out, try to, try to understand, you know, it, it's kind of like we, we kind of get God, the Father. You know, if you've seen Monty Python, he's the big bearded guy as the, as the clouds part, you know, uh, that... And, and we get Jesus because he's revealed as a man. You know, he came to be one of us and, and to save us because of us. But, but some, of these, some of these pictures, some of these ancient pictures are, are pictures that try and help us figure out, you know, what is it, how do we understand the, the, the Trinity? The, the, the top one on the left is the, is the Trinity knot or the triquetra, the, the symbol for the, for the Trinity, which comes through meaning three in one, that, that you, you follow those, those inter, interweaved lines and you, there is no break. It's, it's, the, it's the one line, but there's three, there's three points. Uh, the, the one beside it is, is the shield of the Trinity. Uh, uh, the, 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 the one below the triquetra is, is the, uh, what's known as the trefoil triangle. There's, there's Patrick of Ireland's three-leaf clover. Uh, and then in a lot of churches, you'll see the, the fleur-de-lis, the, the, the flower with three, with three parts. One flower, but three parts. All of them are trying to explain what, what's, what does it mean for God to be three in one, and who is this mysterious Holy Spirit? Um, so uh, let me start with a couple of things. And, you know, I, I, I may be kind of trying to teach you things that you're kind of like, duh. I did not get out of bed to learn stuff that I already know. You know, I, I know this stuff. So, so please excuse me if, I, if I'm covering familiar ground. But I think some of these things are important. You know, so first thought is this, that, that, that the Old Testament and the New Testament refer to God, uh, all three persons, as he. And, but does that mean that God is male? <clears throat> and glad you asked that question because the answer is no. Um, like I say, we you know when we refer to God as He, we're not we're not saying that He's male or, or He's or He's a human man. Although as Jesus, Johnny reminded us a couple of weeks back, Jesus remains as as a human. He He's He's the man God, the God Man, that He still has a body. He still has kneecaps. He still has eyebrows. He still has eyeballs. You know, he, He's He's a, He's is as much human as we are, uh, and yet He's in His resurrection state. He remains 100% divine and 100% human in that resurrection body. But this, this thing of he is much more just a reflection of, of language. You know, mo many, perhaps most languages have gender in them. You know, there's a, I, I learned French, which, which, served, which served me for three days in Paris. Um, not very well as well, but, um, <coughs> but, but I could say merci, uh, you know, and, and a few other words. But... but um, but one of the things about French was that there's a gender. You know, what makes, what makes a le and what makes a la? You know, how, how did, where did, where did, who made that up? Who figured that out? And, and most languages have that gender, but English it, it doesn't have that, that kind of gender. So it's somewhat of a mystery to us. You know, even, even for us in English, I, I don't know why we call ships she. 
you know, but, but they're kind of gendered, but they're not, they're not female. It's just a, it's an expression of language. So I guess all I'm saying is this, that to call God, our Father God, and the Lord Jesus, he, and, and the Holy Spirit, he, is not to assign the maleness, but it's just simply a, a language feature. Uh, they're, they're not men, except for Jesus. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, anyway. <coughs> uh, and, and another thought around this Holy Spirit thing is, is you know, it's, it's, I, I think a lot of times we tend to think about the Holy Spirit as some kind of wafty entity. You know, as, as again, Johnny said a couple of weeks ago, you know, he's not cast with a friendly ghost. He's, you know, he, he is spirit. And, and spirit is the most solid thing in the universe. So, you know, spirit is more solid than physical matter. This, you know, this, I know some of you have heard me talk about this before. But this, but this stand here, is, it's solid, it's material, but, but, but spirit could walk right through that. You know, spirit is the, most, is the most solid thing in this universe. We tend to think about it the other way around. We think physical is strong, it's solid. But no, it's, it's just, it, you know, it's, it, has a, it has a nucleus and it has electrons buzzing around it, plus quarks and, and all sorts of other things. But, but, but it's mostly space. It's 99% space. So what we think is solid is, is just basically nothing there, except don't get in the way of the spinning electrons. You know, and... and Spirit is the most solid thing. So when we think about the Holy Spirit, we're thinking about the most solid, the most, the most massive, the most immense thing that we can imagine. It's, it's, not, it's not some kind of wafty image. I, I think one of the... And I'm going to mess with your imaginations just a little bit here, but, but oftentimes when we think about the Holy Spirit, we're, we're, we're reminded of, of the baptism of Jesus. So it says, that, and the Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove. And we tend to think the Holy Spirit, you know, oftentimes representations of the Holy Spirit is, is a dove, a white dove. Uh, but, but I would suggest to us that that's probably not a really helpful imagination. I, I, you know, and, and we imagine, it's not wrong to imagine what God is like. But, but I would tend to imagine the Holy Spirit as much more in the, in the form of a person, descending like a dove would descend. That, that this, that this, this baptism of Jesus was when the Holy Spirit uh, immersed Jesus. And to immerse is this, the, the picture of immersion is like, is like having a dinghy and sinking it. It's in the water, it's surrounded by the water, and it's full of the water. That's what baptism means, that's what immersion means. It just means it's completely surrounded by the Holy Spirit. Now, I, I, I employed a child from kindergarten to, to draw a, a diagram here. Um, and if we could imagine that, that our body is, is that yellow, is the yellow shape, well, when, we, when, when the Holy Spirit fills us, that's how he fills us. He, 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 he fits every nook and cranny of us. He, he fills us completely as a person. And he also surrounds us as a person. He's, it, it, I, to me, I think the picture of the Holy Spirit being a dove, that's it's kind of easily, easily frightened. And, and, you know, and, and I, I don't think that's a really helpful image. To, I mean, it's okay. It's, it's not, you know, you're not going to get in trouble if you, if you think about the Holy Spirit like that. But I just think there's a much more powerful way to imagine the person of the Holy Spirit. He's just like the other members of the, of the Godhead. He's a person. He is the shape of a person. And when he comes into us, and fills us, he fills us internally and externally. We're surrounded by him. We're completely immersed in him. He completely fills us. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. Now, and that's not the only thing that being filled with the Holy Spirit means. But it, to, be, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, it's a little bit like, like falling in love. You know, when, when I first met 
my wife Victoria, I, I met her at a YWAM camp. This sparkly-eyed woman with a beautiful smile and utter babehood all, all around her. I, I, I couldn't get her out of my mind. I, I just, I thought I want to meet her again and again. And, and we just kept meeting. And when you fall in love with someone, they fill, they fill your thoughts. They, they fill your imagination. They, they, you, you, don't, you don't think about other people. You, you think about the person that you love. It's the most beautiful thing. And, and I think that's part of being filled with the Holy Spirit as well, is that he begins to fill our thoughts. Our, our minds just, re- you know, when we daydream, our thoughts go to them. Our thoughts go to him, the one, the one that we love. All right. So for me, the, the, this is, just, this is kind of just really kind of basic stuff, but just, but just trying to kind of adjust our imaginations, to kind of think of the Holy Spirit. It's not, it's not you know, Father's awesome, Son is understandable, Holy Spirit, I don't get him. You know, he's just a, he's a, I'm just going to say he's just a person. He, he's a divine person. Um, you know, he's a person who fills every one of us. And because he's spirit, one of the, again, one of the, one of the things about spirit is this, that wherever spirit is, it's 100% present at every place. So, so, you know, we don't have one-eighth billionth of the Holy Spirit. We have the whole Holy Spirit, and the person beside you has the entire Holy Spirit, and the person beside them has the entire Holy Spirit. That's one of the beautiful things about us being created and him being uncreated, that he, that he, is, he gives us his entire attention 100% of the time. He's, he's always there. So all of this is to kind of help us picture the Holy Spirit as we, as we look at some of the scriptures about him, as, as a person, not as a force, not as a bird, not as an aura, not as a halo, but he's the Holy Spirit, the person who's come to take up residence in us. It's an amazing, amazing thing. Now, people's final words uh, are often the most important thing. They encapsulate everything they want to communicate. Who made these slides? I, 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 I think they should be sacked, quite frankly. They should never be allowed to do this again. Anyway, let me try and read it. Uh, jo- so, so John 14, 15, 16, and 17 are Jesus' closing words uh, before, before he goes into the Passion Week and, and is uh, crucif- judged, crucified, uh, dies, buried, rises again. So these are his final words in that present form. And he says this. Uh, In John 14, verse 15. If you love me, you'll keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he'll give you another counselor to be with you forever. Uh, Counselor is another word for the Holy Spirit, or another expression of what the Holy Spirit is like. He's the Spirit of truth. The world is unable to receive him because it doesn't see him or know him. But you do know him because he remains with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I'm coming to you. I'm... (coughs) Excuse me. I'm coming to you. <coughs> and in a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. And because I live, you will live too. And on that day, you will know that I am in my Father, you are in me, and I am in you. He's, he's describing this immersion process. The one who has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. And the one who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I'll also love him, and I'll reveal myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you're going to reveal yourself to us and not to the world? And Jesus answered, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. My father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. The one who doesn't love me will not keep my word. And the word that you hear is not mine, but is from the father who sent me. I've spoken these things to you while I remain with you. 
But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, who the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything that I've told you. And, and we find in the Scriptures there's a number of, there's a number of words, the English words, that describe the Greek word for uh, uh, the Holy Spirit, or the paraclete, the one who's called alongside. So there's words, for example, like um, he's, he's the Counselor. He's the comforter. He's um, the advocate. And, and they're, all, they're all kind of helpful words. Some, some kind of feel stronger in, in some circumstances and other circumstances. My, my kind of feeling, for me, the best, the best English word that I have to describe the person of the Holy Spirit is this. He is the ultimate friend. You know, your very best friend will not let you get away with nonsense. You know, your very best friend will call you on stuff and say, you're better than that. You, you, don't, need to, you don't need to act like that. You know, you don't, you don't need to, uh, you know, you, and anyway, you know what best friends do. They have an ability to call, call out the best in us. And then when we're feeling down, they also have this incredible ability to comfort us, to kind of say, you know, you, you're an amazing person. You know, don't, don't beat yourself. I, you know, we're our own worst enemies. But, but our, best, our best friend calls us forward. You know, our, our, you know, one of the reasons that God gives us a spouse is, is, to, is to call us forward, to, to, to bring the very best out of us. And, and so, you know, when we, when we think about these words, to me, I think, I, you know, he's, 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 the, he's the advocate, but he's actually not the first advocate. He's the second advocate. Our first advocate is Jesus. Jesus is the one who took our sin. And, 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 and spoke to the power of sin and broke the power of sin. You know, Jesus, Jesus was our first advocate, but, but the Holy Spirit is the second advocate. And what I mean by that is that, that, when, that when the Holy Spirit advocates on our behalf, when we're, when we're beating ourselves up and telling, you know, we're, we're saying, I'm such a loser. You know, I, I can't believe I've done this again. I can't believe I lost my temper with that person. I, I can't believe I told a little white lie when I should have just, I should have just manned up and, and you know, and, and taken the consequences. The Holy Spirit is, is this advocate who's, you know, and, and then our immediate response is, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to try a self-improvement program. I, I'm going to try and get a little bit better with myself. And what the Holy Spirit does is, is he says, no, you can't do that. He's the second advocate, and he says, that, that sin's already been paid for. You can't pay for it twice. He, he, it's been paid for through the blood of Jesus. So he's our second advocate. He's the one who, who will not let us make deals with God, with ourselves. He won't let our broken, fallen nature become so screwed into a, some sort of self-improvement program. He won't let Christianity become a self-improvement program. He just says, no, no, it's already been paid. So just step into what you're meant to be. Grow up. <clears throat> so he advocates with our hearts because it's always our hearts that condemn us. It's always our hearts. You know, we're, the, we're our worst critics. We're our worst enemies. And so, and so for me, I find it really helpful to think about him as being the ultimate friend. He's the one who will always call me forward. He's the one who will always call me on my sinfulness. He's the one, but I'll also know this, that, that he actually really loves me. And the reason that he's calling me on it is because he really loves me. And he's the one where I, where I start to kind of lose hope in myself. He'll call me forward again. He's, he's that ultimate friend. 
Let me read a little bit more. In John 16, two chapters on. Nevertheless, I'm telling you the truth. It's for your benefit that I go away, because if I don't go away, the counselor will come to you. And, and, and again, counselor is a, is, a, is a beautiful expression of this, because he's continually counseling our hearts. He's saying, you're better than this. You're bigger than this. That's your old life. That's, that's the old family that you're a part of. Don't, don't act like that. A act out of this new nature that's been put inside of you. And if I go... I will send him to you. And when he comes, he'll convict the world concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment. About sin, because they do not believe in me. About righteousness, because I'm going to the Father. Uh, and they will... And you will no longer see me. And about judgment, because the ruler of this world has been judged. I still have many things to tell you, but you can't bear them now. But when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own, but he will speak whatever he hears. He will also declare to you what is to come. He will glorify me because he will take from what is mine and declare it to you. Everything the Father has is mine, and this is why I told you, that he takes from what is mine and will declare it to you. And again, you, know, you, you go into um, uh, John's epistles, and, and, and there's a couple of, couple of verses in there that, that talk about you know, we don't need any teachers uh, because the Holy Spirit will teach us. And, and what it means, is, it's not saying that God doesn't use gifted teachers. It, it's, saying, it's saying this, that because, because the role of the Holy Spirit inside of us, this, this Holy Spirit that we believe in, he takes the words of Jesus and he, and he bears witness to him. He says, that's right. This is true. This is false. This, this is a true image and this is a false image. This is, this is right behavior. This is wrong behavior. This is, this is who you truly are. This is, just a, this is just a facade that you've built to protect yourself. He's, he's the one who does it. And, and he's also the one who explains what Jesus taught. He's the one who empowers us. He, he enables us to worship. He enables us to connect with God. So, and, and again, it's really interesting. Sometimes we tend to think about the Holy Spirit as just being a New Testament character. But he was present at the beginning of both covenants. Right there in the, in the early pages of Genesis, Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Uh, and, and again, you, you come into the beginning of the, of the New Testament, John 1.35, the whole, speaking to Mary, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow or hover over you. And because the Holy Spirit is God, he's omnipresent, he's omnipotent, he's imminent, and he's transcendent. And the, and the way that the Spirit of God broods over his people is that, is that same picture, at the beginning of the Old beginning of the new. He's going he's gonna to birth life in us. It's an amazing, amazing thing. This, this Holy Spirit just doesn't, seem, doesn't suddenly make his appearance at Pentecost. He's been with us right from the beginning of creation. One of the old saints, Basil of Cappadocia, said this, that the Spirit is like a sunbeam whose grace is present to the one who enjoys it as if it was present to that one alone. Yet it illuminates land and sea and is mixed with the air. There's nothing more personal, more universal than, than the Holy Spirit. And, and again, one of, the, one of the roles of the Holy Spirit, and, and, and it's, this is kind of a tough message to preach because it's like, what do you say? How do you how do, you do I believe in the Holy Spirit in one shot? Um, so my answer is always talk fast. <laughs> no, 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 it's not. But, but to kind of try and pick out the, the most important things. And, and again, one of the features that we see both in the Old Testament and the New Testament is, is, is this you know, old covenant being replaced by new covenant, being, being, um, being fulfilled, and then the new covenant coming.
in Genesis, we're, we're aware of the story of Babel. The Lord came down. You know, the, the, people be, became, the people became so proud in their own abilities. But the Lord came down to see that city and the tower that they were building. The Lord said, if as one people speaking the same language, they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. So come, <clears throat> let us go down, us three, and confuse their language so that they will not understand each other. And so for, for the, all of the Old Testament, there's this, there's this conflict between a disordered humanity. And then we come into the, the day of Pentecost, the, the, the birth of the church. And in, and in Acts chapter 2, verses 6 and 7 and verse 11, it says, When they heard this sound, uh, as, as the Holy Spirit filled the 120 gathered in that upper room, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being, being spoken. And utterly amazed, they asked, Aren't all these who are speaking Galileans. In verse 11, we, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues, in our own languages. See, one of, the, one of the beautiful things that the Holy Spirit does is he unifies the body of Christ. I mean, any fool can figure out a way to, to, to be separate. You know, anyone can figure out, you know, I don't like this, I don't like that, I don't like that kind of Christianity, I don't like that kind of Christianity, I don't like that expression. But it's only the Holy Spirit that can bring together a disordered humanity back into one new body, one new, one new person, with Christ Jesus as being the head. Which leads me to my final point, which is, which is in um, 1 Corinthians 12, which is such, uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14 are, are such beautiful chapters. They're, they're about the activity of the Holy Spirit that, that so many of us are familiar with. Uh, and, and what the Holy Spirit does is he empowers this one body, this, this disordered humanity that he's, that he's reordering and bringing back together and saying, we can do this. You know, we're allowed to be different. We're allowed to have our, our, our individual expressions. And, and, and we're, you know, all, of us, all of us choose some people to be our friends and some people not to be our friends. It's, 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 not, a, it's not a judgment call. It's just we, we, we hang with the people that we hang with. Um, and yet we love the whole body. One of the, one of the things that I really value about this, this movement is, is one, of our, one of our core values is to love the whole body of Christ, every, every expression of it. Because there's one Holy Spirit. He will, not be he will not be divided. There's only one. And what he does is, is he gives us grace uh, under, the, under the direction of, of Jesus. And, and grace is simply the, the favor of God that enables us to, to do what we're made to do and to be what we're created to be. He gives us that grace. And that grace so often is expressed in spiritual gifts. So in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4, it talks about this. It says, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. And, and this morning, what, what I wanted for us to have some time and space to do is to tell some stories around the activity of the Holy Spirit. See, all of us have had this. All, all of us have at least had the Holy Spirit calling us, put, putting, a, you know, putting a hook in our mouths until we, until we came to Christ and, and surrendered our lives to him. We've all had that experience. We've all had this experience of I was walking in this direction. I was you know, just doing my own thing. But over, but over either, either you, you know, in, a, in a kind of a climactic experience or over a long spread experience, we were, we were turned around and we came back 
And we came to Jesus and we, and we knelt at the foot of the cross and we asked him to take over our lives. We asked him to fill us with his Holy Spirit. And, you know, so all of us have had those kind of experiences. But, but what, are, what are some of the things that God has done in our lives that, that just help us recognize him as being the third person of the Godhead? You know, for, for me, um, I know I started with this story, and I, I, I want to conclude with this story. But for, for me, you know, the, the way my mind works, I'm, I'm actually a really skeptical person, so I'm probably in the wrong job. But um, Well, actually, I'm not even in a job. I'm, I'm a pensioner. Um, <coughs> but when I, was a, when I was a pastor, <coughs> as my grandchildren remind me, I'm paid to do nothing. <laughs> And I thank you all who are paying taxes for that great privilege. I, I just want to say I appreciate it. <coughs> um, but, but, you know, for, for me, I'm, I'm really skeptical about stuff. I, I'm like, mm, you've you got to show it to me. I, I mean, I, I, I did a science degree, and, and, and for me, the scientific method has been really important. You know, it's, you know you've got to... You've gotta, you, 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 you have a thesis, you, you test that thesis, you, you, you test that theory, and you kind of go, does it work? Does it work in all circumstances? Have I changed this factor? Does it still work? And, and for me, you know, one of the things that, that has, 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 let me insert something, I think this is a semicolon, um, all of us have moments when we kind of go, well, I think, I think I should change that. A lot of us have moments where we kind of go, is my faith real, or am I just kidding myself? You know, have, have I just got caught up with something? You know, is this, you know, is this, is this a cult? A nice, a nice cult, but is it, a, is, is it a cult? You know, <laughs> you know, have I just stepped into something that's a little bit crazy, and I'm, you know, I've just, you know, I've been drinking the Kool Aid for so long that I just don't know any better. Uh, and and for me, you know, I I do have those moments from time to time, and you kind of go, is this just, a, is this just my mind? You know, is this just my imagination that's, that's got me caught up in this thing thinking that God is real? And then I remember things like, like that moment that I spoke with a, a language that I'd never learned before. And for, and for me, it's, it's not that I base my faith on that, but it's one of those things that kind of goes, I'm, I'm so skeptical you could not get me to pretend. I, I would not pretend that kind of stuff. That's just dumb. You know, and, and so for, there's a number of things along my Christian life that have really helped me um, kind of go... This is more than just a mind trip. This is, this is not just me being caught up with people that I really like. This is, this is something that's actually changed me, that, that's caused me to, I'm normally like this, but this has caused me to do something that's quite outside of my, of, of my framework. You know, and so numerous times the Holy Spirit has done things to me like that. See, it, it, I, I've been amazed. Um, true confession here, I don't think I'm a very good prayer. And I, you know, when people ask me to pray for them, I'm like, you might want to get someone else. <clears throat> I'm not that good at this thing, you know. I, I know I've been practicing for a long time, but still, still, you know, still in kindergarten. Um, and I've, but, but every now and then, I get it right. You know, every now and then you're praying for someone and you, and you, and you mention something that you think the Holy Spirit's saying, and, it, and, it, and they kind of get, that's right. That's exactly how I feel. That's exactly the experience that I have. Um, as my American friends would say, you know, even a blind squirrel stumbles on an acorn every now and then. And, and, and I, 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 I pray according to that kind of philosophy, but, but, but every now and then you kind of stumble into something that's like, that's got to be God. I love it. But, but it helps me. It just helps me kind of realize 
how good is God that he can use a klutz like me who does not feel like a particularly spiritual person that can, that can speak to someone like me and, and show me something that there's no way in the world that I could know. I, I, you know, I've, I've just had so many beautiful experiences where I've, I've prayed for someone or, or, I've, or I've spoken out a, you know, a word of knowledge about something and, and the person says, that you've just read my mail, that's exactly me. And, and for me, it's, it's like, I don't need any more proof. I just, I just want to have that more often than, is anyone here feeling like this? Mm-mm, nope. <clears throat> no. I've, I've had a lot of those experiences too. They just, they just make you a lot more hungry for the ones where you get it right. <clears throat> so what I thought would be lovely would be um, just to open the mic, and it would be beautiful to tell some of our Holy Spirit stories. They may be about us. They may be about praying for other people. They, they may be moments when, when God just uh, illumined our heart to truth. You know, so often when you read the scriptures, you know, you kind of go, I think I get what it means. But every now and then, that spirit, this, this, the Holy Spirit reveals truth to us. And you go, oh my goodness, that is amazing.